0: The Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Appreciate you listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. It is pretty amazing, but this is our 100th episode, and we want to say thank you so much to everyone for supporting us. We have the most amazing, amazing listeners and sponsors. So, again, thank you so much. Keep listening. Keep spreading the word. If you happen to have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Also, a reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for updates and news. Really grateful to have this guy on the podcast today, and I want to say thank you to Brennan Schmidt for connecting me as I get to speak with artist, entrepreneur, former Penn State, and NFL defensive end Matthew Rice. Matthew has actually had two brain surgeries and is currently going through chemo. So I really appreciate and thank him for his time and vulnerability. Please go check out Matthew's website at MateoBlue.com. That's M-A-T-E-O-B-L-U.com. And follow him on Instagram at Mateo underscore Blue, M-A-T-E-O underscore B-L-U. Also, want to say thank you to my buddy Maurice and his band Photosynthesizer for providing music for today's episode. Let's welcome Matthew Rice.
1: Boom.
0: Gotcha. (laughs) There
1: you go. Long time coming, (laughs) man. I tried to uh get to one of my uh I do uh decor for restaurants. Yep. And I focus on um, black owned restaurants. Nice.
0: Are you up I in Baltimore? Get, yeah. Okay. I cool.
1: I have a couple of them in Baltimore and I tried to get to one just for the background.
0: Not, <laughs> nice.
1: But uh one had a event going on and the other one, I couldn't make it to because my car wouldn't start. Uh. <laughs> so I just chalked it up to everything else that's been going on and just stay positive. Yeah. Well, do
0: you, uh, well, I, I want to get some images. And I actually just live right down the road from you. I live in Richmond. So I should pop up and we should go to lunch one of these days Definitely. at one of, the, one of those restaurants. But I, by the way, I'm recording. I always start right off. And I, I just want to say thank you for doing this um we've been talking for a little bit um i was introduced to you and your work from um a former teammate of yours Brennan Schmidt um and i did send yeah. him he got back to me and he's like he said thanks for your number so i'm sure he's going to be reaching out soon which is cool He's reached out already. Oh nice. That's that's awesome. But i just want to say thank up. thank you man because i i think um you're a very, very inspiring person in, in multiple ways. Um, you align so much with what we're doing in terms of having, you know, like a very high level athletic background, um, an artist background. You have a foundation. I think what you're, what you're doing in general, you know, I, I use the word inspiring, but I, I don't know any other better word to say. um, and I just want to dig into a lot of like what you are doing, what you've done, what you've gone through, what you're going through. Um, and, uh, and really just and in, and find out about you because I, I think again, there's just so much about you. It's like really complex. Um, and, um, like I said to you the other day, it's just, for me, it's just an honor to talk to you. So, um, uh, except for the fact that you went to Penn State, but I won't say anything about that because I'll just hold up my hat here.
1: <laughs> the fact that you had to say something about it, I don't
0: have to say anything about it. <laughs> it speaks for itself. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I, you know, like, I, I, again, I don't really know where to start because, you know, I definitely want to talk about, you know, your football career. I, I, um, I think one of the things that I find fascinating to me um, it's something that actually Aaron Mabin and I talked about on the podcast and actually just had another former football player on my podcast recently, Don Hasselbeck. The fact that you went to school for art and you're a dual, dual degree holder, right? You integrative arts yes, and black history, um,
1: uh, correctly. It will be African American history.
0: history, right? Um, and and I think the fact that you went to school for art while playing football like is really, first of all, it's really hard. Um, and so like I have a huge amount of respect for you that you were able to do that. Um, but you like from, you know, doing a lot of research on you, it sounds like you really, you were creative from a young age and, and you really chased that dream, uh, in both both sides, like again, like you were able to play professional football. Um, you know, we can talk about how that kind of changed and and ended. um, but you also all have always had a creative outlet uh, and the fact that you have um, this incredible um, foundation, and I want to definitely hear more about that because I think what you're doing is just again, like it's just inspiring. Like uh, you know, the the no no child left foundation. I just think it does so many good things for kids that need it. And and um, again, I don't know where we want to start with this, but um, I just want to say again, I just want to say thank you. And I'm glad that Brennan put us in contact.
1: I feel the same way. Thank you. And I appreciate your time and patience. It wasn't easy us to connect and you. you made it you made it feel seamless
0: dude um, I, like i like i said to you the other day man it it's it, it's just an honor to have you on and i'm in the in the long run i look forward to like having just a relationship um i want to show your art in in some of the stuff that we're getting ready to do and and just like again i think you're just a fantastic artist i was actually showing a student of mine the other day your artwork so <laughs>
1: So you you actually teach?
0: Yeah, I teach at Virginia Commonwealth. Okay. So i to have to come down as well. Abs- I, if you are ever interested in even just jumping on a Zoom with my class, um, I would love to have you do that. I mean, it's because for me, because I work with a lot of student athletes, um, because I've mm-hmm. started a program. And this is why I think you're so inspiring is because – a lot of these student athletes are creative, but they don't think they can do it. They don't have the time, whatever you want to say. And here you are, you actually have a degree in it. And it's like, so I can show you as a model and and be able to go, look, this guy did this and he did, he played football at the highest level and he's an artist at the highest level. So it's not unattainable. And so like to be able to have you come to my class, whether it's in person or whether it's on Zoom, I think is, it just flips that switch for a lot of these student athletes. Uh,
1: so, I don't know which one to pick to start off with. You, <laughs> you've laid out quite a buffet for me. <laughs> uh, I talk, guess, let's
0: talk about football first of all. Like you, football. You, yeah.
1: Okay. So football for me started as an outlet. More than art was the outlet uh, in the neighborhood I grew up in. It was basically the most positive thing that we had to do, uh, as far as playing and not getting in trouble. Um, we would battle uh, different neighborhoods uh, with our street ball teams, and um, that basically led into fights. But uh. It was an athletic intro into something positive. Um, after a while, I uh, honed in my skills more on defense than anything else. I, I was a hitter, and I've always played with uh, guys that was older than me my friends were older than me. So they were bigger than me, which prepared me for my position um, later on in life as defensive end. Uh, I had a good coach that had more of a platform that mimicked college, a good college program. So we stayed on top of our grades. We had to stay on top of our grades and uh, we worked and worked out year-round. And um, that put me in. A position to make honorable for the first time in life, basically. And I was definitely to give you an understanding of it. uh, I'm from Baltimore, but I got kicked out of Baltimore City school system. They labeled me, you know, the bad kid, and wanted to basically put me in administrative hold as far as there's a school called. Boys Village and that was uh more of a detention center than a school. So with the mindset I had then I wouldn't have made it no further than that. It was a blessing that I got kicked out of Baltimore City School System and ended up uh going to high school at uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, which was in uh Greenbelt, mm-hmm. Maryland, and uh through Greenbelt, Maryland and with the the positive atmosphere towards education and a blessing of my, uh, I would say my, my files, uh, everything that kind of made teachers feel I was a certain type of student before they gave me a chance to be who I truly was, got lost within me transferring from Baltimore to PG County. So I had the opportunity to uh, more or less start over and make myself, uh, make myself who I wanted to be, like recreate my journey. And that focus within high school also put me in a vision of certain teachers. One particular was um, uh, Froggy. Her true name was Miss Henderson, and. She was the first person to ever tell me that I could do something with my creative skill set. Uh, of course, you know, it kind of went in one day out the other. And, you know, high school's more focused on young ladies and just kind of <laughs> coming into that. So it was, it was, a, it was a balance between uh, handling my grades because it was just that type of school. I've never been to a school like to give you an idea I tried to get into Eleanor Roosevelt uh, by taking the test to get into the school because my parents heard that it, you know, it was a good school. Uh, on the first day of this testing, kids was coming in with book bags fully loaded, and the letter that we received was only to only bring a number two pencil. So I'm, I'm getting out the car, going to go take this test, and I have my number two pencil <laughs> in my pocket. tucked. I'm looking around. Why does everyone have, you know, book bags and books for this test? It, it was that type of school. And I felt like I already kind of lost that game. I was ready to pack it up, and learn, you know. Man, this is not for me. Uh, I definitely failed that test. But the blessing came in within where I was moving to that block particularly that block was, uh, zoned for Eleanor Roosevelt. So I ended up going to that school and long story short, uh, like I said, I made honor roll for the first time ever. Cause I made a deal with my mother that if I made honor roll, I would be able to play football. She didn't know that street football, street ball where the out of, out of bounds was like an actual car or trees or rocks Yep. was a lot more dangerous than me playing <laughs> organized football. Uh, my brother helped explain to her that I was I was good. If I could bang with the guys I was banging with, I would be okay with pads and a helmet on <laughs> doing the same thing. So uh, I made the honor, which capitalized on our deal, which helped me realized that I wasn't the the less than intelligent person that they made me to feel like I was within the school system. I, I I could handle a system that was actually more advanced than the one I grew up in. And being surrounded by students that cared more about education than anything else. Like Baltimore, being the badass or the... the a kid that you didn't want to do nothing to, you got more attention and more girls from that. PG, you actually got the same from doing your work and getting good grades. So it was just a difference within my understanding of how to succeed in life and how to become who I truly was. Uh, Art became my outlet quickly because if I did finish the work, I would flip uh, the ditto over and kind of just sketch things on the back of the blank paper. I didn't have money for uh, art supplies. I just had makeshift sketch beds from um, stolen ditto papers or blank papers that didn't have any assignments on them yet. And that turned into me getting the attention, I told you from my high school art teacher and the positivity that she told me, the positive messages she would give me as far as this work can be more than just like a grade or something you did for school. And I started to actually put things in like a little blank sleeve sketchbook and keep the work. And I could see the my own progression within something as simple as shapes to shading and the depth that that would bring focusing not only on the uh, object itself, but the background and I just continue working and working at it and working at it the same way I was working athletically on my body and not realizing the two kind of went together. I thought that I, it was two separate all together, but not at all. Um, I played defensively and you have to be creative and abstract at that position in itself to succeed. Uh, so within certain pass rush moves, within certain looks, within just the way you got to bend the corner coming around the end to get to the quarterback, to contain everything, to be able to read different plays. Uh, art is truly a, a, a aid within that. And... Um, Subject matter-wise, I started off just doing things like uh, X-Men and Hot Wheels cars. And that turned into the assignments that I would have from the art classes. But I also was able to talk a lot of teachers into doing things that was more exciting for me than just doing, I I, I never liked uh, following the path of other artists or what, you know, within different classes, you know, you paint like this, uh, like what I say, something like uh, Picasso or Rembrandt, whatever it may be. Uh, I felt like that would kind of taint my creativity. So even within getting an art degree from Penn State, I managed to do it within integrative arts where I could integrate all of the different arts and things that I was intrigued by or didn't know yet. Uh, Like I told you before, I didn't have the finances growing up to take art classes and do all the things I wanted to do creatively once I started finding out I had some talent within that lane. So, college in Penn State allowed me to take my to take my uh, my scholarship. And I was probably the first, I opened up a, a huge gate to Penn State because I was like the first athlete to major in art overall. So when um, other recruits came to Penn State that had some level of creativity within their uh, body or their minds, I was used as a, 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 a I was used as more of a a template of how you can do it even within the classes that I took and um that has to I, be that I, has
0: to be like really like a cool feeling for you that you kind of you kind of knock down some walls in that manner. You know?
1: It felt really good when I heard about Aaron and him being able to be as productive as he was on the field and off the field. And a lot of athletes don't get that respect because if you were able to master both on the field and off the field, especially at a, a, a place like Penn State, that's like playing two sports in one day. Absolutely. Have you ever
0: it's, talked with uh, Andre Collins? That is, yes. Yeah.
1: He, uh, he's been my connection within um, NFLPA. Yeah, the Smocks and, and jobs. The, that, the annual Smocks and jobs.
0: Yeah. Because just being yeah. another Penn State, I mean, him and Aaron both being Penn State guys and having incredible artistic skills, it's, it's interesting to me, like, also um, – uh I'm totally flaking on his name now. Um old school guy that uh what is his name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He does like yarn work. Um uh oh my god, I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy's name. He's like one of our kind of heroes in the sense of like an old school um artist and athlete that like you know, played football back back in the day when football was different. Uh, and and yet he like macromade and did like this yarn work. Um, just like incredible. And again, like another Penn State guy.
1: Princess, do you know where he's from?
0: Ah, he, oh, God, I'm, I'm just, I'm completely freaking, Rosie Greer. Jeez. Rosie
1: Greer. He's old school. No, I, don't, I don't know him personally. Yeah. Is he, is he still alive?
0: Yeah, I believe he's in his 80s at this point in time. I mean, he's like played pro football in the sixties, that, that kind of, oh, uh, do yeah, but yeah.
1: we, we have a strong um, alumni base and let in Letterman base. So I would definitely look him up and find yeah, out. I'll what send, I I'll send him.
0: you, I'll send you some info on him. Cause he's, he's, again, he's one of those guys to me, like when, you know, again, like football is like everything evolves and, he played back in the day where, you know, there was no protection of the quarterback and shit, you know, and like, her,
1: like, her helmets.
0: Yes, exactly. probably not that far of a close. Yeah. And, and, but yet he was like, he was doing this, you know, like creative thing and he was not afraid to share it. And, you know, like to me, you know, that's, that's the other issue is like, that's what I love about you is like, you've always been out from what I can read, like about your creative side and, yeah, nothing.
1: I never felt like it was something I should hide or, yeah. or keep away from anything else.
0: But it, I think it—it it was
1: more or less like therapy for me.
0: Yeah. And and I like the way that you said like that. I think my headphones might have went dead. Hold on a second, please. Okay. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. You hear me? Nope. <laughs> I can hear you.
1: I don't know if you can hear me, but my headphones went out and now I have no volume here.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can still hear you. You got me now yeah
1: i got you okay
0: cool um no, it's it's uh it's one of those things where i just i that's the one thing i think that i just reading about you know doing research on you is like you've always been like comfortable with with your creative side and which i think a lot of a lot of people would not have been um i think it's changing like i think the further along we get, I think people are realizing it's actually good to be both creative and physically active to whatever degree that is. But I think that's one of those things where you were, like, you're a top-notch football player, but you're also an artist that actually, A, goes to school for it. Like, you know, starting a foundation in 2007 um, and and really helping helping kids out to like show the the benefit of creativity like that outlet that you talked about that i think you know like the, you again you said that football was early on an outlet then then creativity became an outlet or or both were outlets at the same time um i cuz uh, you know again i think in in a lot of ways there's a lot of similarities to us like but i think i felt weird about being an artist in my athletic you know, outlets. And like I, I can I said this to somebody the other day on on the podcast is like, I remember in high school, like I was, you know, football, basketball, baseball player. And but like, like you, I had an art teacher that saw something in in my creative outlets. And she asked me to be in it was like the first digital art class that we ever had and it was all these art students and me <laughs> and they're all looking at me like what the hell are you doing in this class and i'm like uh and but it was <laughs> like i appreciated the fact i think like you said i appreciated the fact that this art teacher gave me that uh chance i guess and and it, it i
1: have to say rest in peace Anderson.
0: oh yeah yeah and i mean I. But don't I mean, like for me, like the Mrs. Henderson to you is somebody that gave you that chance that allowed—I don't want to say—allowed you to do these things. But it it did, like in some ways, it like it gave you permission to be creative, you know. And I think it sparked
1: that- the overall uh, vision that I could do that or I could be seen as that. Uh, yeah, it was not something I ever thought about at all. So the, the same. Thing that you you know because of your background that can be sparked in the students that you said you have in uh richmond that's a visit or a talk or just seeing that yeah it's been done or it can be it can be done i i wasn't even i didn't have that i just was just trying to keep driving because i know i didn't have that much gas in the car i just keep it moving and it worked out for me. I I can tell you just real quick uh it was so new at that time that most places that even had art within the college bases you no know, it wasn't set up for for football players to get involved in it. Uh they had to actually lend me a credit card to go get my art supplies <laughs> because I didn't need books. I needed paint. Yep. I needed things that I didn't even know about yet. Like far as the different oils and mixtures and and mixed medias and I, I was fresh and new. So it wasn't something where they could say, oh, you only need a hundred dollars. It's Penn State. So I'm thinking because it's Penn State, I'm getting the best materials possible. So if it was a cheap brand versus the top notch, all top notch, everything. Uh, top-notch brushes, uh, the canvases. Like for my final, uh, was it my final, my final for one of my classes? I think it was like oil and paint. Yes, yeah, it, it was. It was an oil class, my first oil class. I knew that I had talent and could do it because I had no background. Like imagine you just said uh, something far as. The overall makeup of the classes. I don't think the art program really wanted to receive me at first because I realized once I was in the class and doing the work, I was in an advanced art class for my very, very first art class at Penn State. So you got to imagine, too, and this kind of echoed throughout my whole creative career. I'm a big, dark skinned, african-american black whatever you want to call it male in a class surrounded by either like a, a punk rock base, <laughs> a rich white base, or just gifted artists since they've crawled out their mother's womb and then it's me i was totally not in the fit or the the realm of what they're used to seeing. Even just looking at the circle, you know, that we would gather in to create, I would always stick out. If it came time time to, uh, to get your work critiqued. That was always funny to me.
0: Because
1: yep. I would have to encourage the class to really grill me. Most people was intimidated or scared of my stature. <laughs> And it's like, oh, it's not about that. It's about the artwork. I'm trying to get better. Please let me know.
0: Because
1: I would see them like torch different artists and different people. And I would see them get better. But I felt like, you know, I'm getting shortened here. But later I found out my artwork was actually just that good that they didn't have much to say about it. (laughs) And like I said, for the final project, I did a four foot by five foot when majority of the class did a a 20 by 20s or 30 by 40s or something like that. And I agreed with, had made an agreement with the teacher, which converted back into street skills, being able to network and and work out things different from the uh, syllabus or syllabi uh, to do what I wanted to do creatively versus be stifled into, like I said, paint like uh, Rembrandt paint like um, Picasso, anything else like I I, I tried to avoid at that point in time, as many art history classes as possible, because they they just hit you over the head with this is how you should do this. And this is how you should do that. Yep. Not knowing that I was actually doing the proper thing as far as my own creativity. And that worked out well. Um, I would literally use my football peripheral vision, which was very great at that time, not before all this, the cancer stuff I deal with now. Uh, And I would just pretend like I'm painting while looking over to the right and seeing how they're mixing up the oil paints Lessons, man. Uh, mixing up the oil paints in different colors and seeing how they did it and just pretending like I already knew how to do it and then just apply that to what I need to do to get it done. And like I said, I had the support of the, my football scholarship which paid for whatever materials I needed. So even if, even if somebody needed some type of material or something, I didn't have a problem with assisting a, a classmate. Eventually, I figured out how you mix everything and how you do this and that, and put that together and no one knew that I didn't know what I was doing. I was just being creative, and eventually I learned and honestly, that's kind of the same story with football when i when I got into football, I didn't know <laughs> I never shared this <laughs> yes, breaking news. It's breaking news. And I, I doubt if you ever find an athlete like this. I got to start and I got into a starting position on a championship team that I helped mold into a championship team. Uh not knowing fully all the positions that surrounded me. When I first started like really getting into football, I didn't know the will, the the, the 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 Sam, the corner from the free safety. I just knew how to take off and hit and hunt. You <laughs> like well. that was my mentality. Uh, so even when I got to Penn State, I still didn't have that education. As far as playing football at a young age, organized wise. And being able to say, okay, I play this position or that's that position here and that's that position. So it made me have to slow down and think so much more to know, okay, if I'm doing this, they doing that. So I developed the education itself within football as I went on. So when I got recruited to come up to Penn State, they were, um, what, Courtney Brown and LeVar Erdinson was just leaving Penn State. And I earned my scholarship and my whole attention from Penn State, from a Penn State camp that oh. summer, I made a deal with my high school coach that my old line coach that uh, who was my favorite coach and most respected coach. That I would go to the camp and volunteer for every drill or every uh Every time they ask for a volunteer or somebody to, to show how to drill his ring, to like be there and step up for it. I did that every time. I went out hard as I can every time, like I agreed that I would for him. And I left that camp with uh an offer as a tight end and a defensive end. And like I said, the number one defensive end in the country was coming out of Penn State at that time, followed by the number one linebacker in the country, uh, Courtney Brown and LeVar Aronson. So I'm thinking this might be the place for me to go. My final decision came from me seeing uh, the emphasis they put on education. And to me, education wasn't something that they had to focus on. Like, you know, most places focused on football.
0: Yep.
1: So for that to be one of the main things that they 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 continue to talk about within their recruitment process, I felt like they were put me in position to receive more than I was giving. And um, everything checked out with the parents as far as. Uh, uh, Education
0: or did they did they amazing. know you were interested in studying art, by the way? No. No.
1: <laughs> they were happy to have me stay in school as long as I have like it, I was not I wasn't the typical student or football player. I, you know, so for me to be for me to have some positive interests that that had nothing to do with the streets, like that was already a bonus. So everything passed. To me, mentally, me getting a degree my high school, graduating high school was, was paying my mother back. And then on top of it, here's a college education. Yep. You can really say your, your son went to college. I had an older brother. I have an older brother that did not make it uh, past high school. So it was like my gift to her that one of her sons made it this far. So my, like as a young one, not too tight to wear my future, not really even caring so much about my future. It was just the fact that I could, said that I made it this far, and I didn't know anybody else that made it that far.
0: Quick break. Make sure to please check out Matthew's website, MateoBlue.com. That's M-A-T-E-O-B-L-U.com. And follow him on Instagram at Mateo underscore Blue. Also a reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Now back to Matthew. Is that, is that one of the reasons why you started this foundation? Is to really to give back and and kind of show like what you've done and to help out kids in underserved communities like because that's one of the things that we try to do is you know like uh, we're doing a documentary right now on actually a former student of mine that you know grew up was born in the wrong neighborhood like that's literally you know and he he basically says you know he shouldn't be alive and Mm -hmm. and and that to me like it's just insane to actually you know it's like you're born and you're just not supposed to make it you know, and like, it's hard to wrap your head around. And I mean, is that one of the reasons? Because that's, that's what I take from your foundation. In some ways, it's like, here's, here's a way out of sorts. I mean, you know, like, it's not a literal way out, but like, creativity is a way to, to, you know, take you somewhere else. Is that is that? I mean, am I being correct in that?
1: You are. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this documentary and if there's any way I can help out with it let me know yeah no Uh,
0: I I I I said to my business partner the other day you're you're a perfect documentary subject as well you know like for the few we've actually started filming a second documentary which um a guy that played at Ohio State that's also an artist that I I would love you to meet at some point in time too um just you know that connection of of football players and and artists and stuff and um and would you, you know? Like, I think you're a, you're a perfect candidate for all the things that you're again, like you've done and what you're doing. Um, and I'll send you I'll send you some of the the trailers of some of these films so you can see it, um, see what we're you know what we're doing, what we're working on. So I'll, I'll email those after after we get off here, just so you can see. I appreciate it. it. Yeah, but I you know again like I I I think. The the foundation that you set up is...
1: The foundation was, like, you, you're spot on with it. The yeah. foundation was created to... At a point in time where there wasn't many outlets and things, especially here in Baltimore, for the city and city kids to see more than what they see every day on the block or through entertainment that says this is us and this is what we do. Um, I creatively it was more than do more to do than just play basketball, play football, ride a dirt bike, you know, get in trouble. Like right? it was trouble was everywhere. And drugs was really, really big. And, you know, if you didn't have money to be able to eat, you really couldn't really couldn't get past certain hurdles uh something as simple as food in school or school lunch was a major meal versus like just something that you would have to keep you going Uh, i've had plenty of friends that are no longer living and not to be you know cliche or just say with has been said before, but it's it's real. Uh, Now my city is known more for the negative standpoints or negative hurdles that that take a lot of us out. And it's a lot more attention given to something as simple as police and police reform. I've had friends taken out by police purposely. I was in a situation that if I wasn't kicked out of the city school system, I probably wouldn't be here now yeah. like that. Like I was explaining that that whole different respect towards education and structure of education that was provided in a county school was two years ahead of whatever year you would put me in. Um, for city education uh, and even, you know, taking that young mindset and with uh, women, ladies, girls, and them being as attracted to who you are and what you're majoring in, what you're doing after school, as it is on what you want to do, skipping school. Um, going back to the, the, the nonprofit, Uh, I wanted to have it set in a way that it it will pick up on whatever creative function that a child might have. I was never like, oh, if you're not a fine artist or you're not a painter or you don't sketch, then you're not. This is not for you. If you're into anything creative, it was designed for that. I went through a lot health wise since creating that and. I've learned a lot business wise since creating that. I was, here's another fact I'll, I'll give you that I've never said before out loud, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I structured my nonprofit in the beginning to work with the smartest and best people in certain fields that I had. It wasn't like, you know, I want to do it all myself at first. Uh and one day I, I looked up at a board meeting and realized that everybody that's structured into this nonprofit administration was a, a woman or a female, whatever you want to call it, which is nothing completely wrong with that outside of it started to be a level of competition. Or a level of of aura, a vibe to it that had nothing to do with education and kids and the overall mission that we had. So things were being done, even with an internal sense, to postpone the productivity of the nonprofit. And I had to basically restructure everything. Uh, it got to the point where I stopped caring so much about the nonprofit itself, because the thing that drew me to it was the work that was being done and the work that could be done. Um, and I just focused more on collaborating with other nonprofits and providing that visual art structure or curriculum for their prop for their nonprofit and helping out as many kids as possible versus that uh, egotistical level of nonprofit work where it's it's all about what we do and what we've done. It's bigger than that. It's it's about the kids. It's about the communities. Um, I've been able to serve communities from here to all over this country to other countries and also continue to a point where, where the time is right I can have a uh, blue art foundation back where it needs to be. But it, it's, it's, it's been a lot of education, a lot, uh, a great journey. And I've been able to change lives through uh, what I've done and, and what I've shown. And the great part is uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever put it in these words, but I've become a creative philanthropist, where I wasn't one of the top notch draft draftees from the NFL. So I, I didn't have the money to just do any and everything I wanted to do. But having that creative outlet and creative skill set, I was able to uh, boost up foundations for their annual auctions and like. If I don't have $2,000, I still have artwork that's worth $2,000. Yep. That once you put it into an auction, can turn up to 10,000. Yep. And that structure has kept me, or kept my passion alive within the whole nonprofit world and nonprofit work. So right now, I'm not so much working through Blue Art Foundation, I'm just doing work. Yep. Uh, i don't know if that makes sense to you
0: yeah yep no I, it, I yes it does i mean there i guess like i it's i'm like kind of branching off in in my head like thinking about like for me everything that you've done feels like a give back like you mm-hmm. know like it feels like that you you lived through this childhood, and and you saw the wrongs, and you're wanting to right some of those wrongs, or or the, right all the wrongs, or the 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 shit that should not be that like done, and 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 I I and so like I can see like the frustration of like going through that with with the blue art, your foundation, and and like people getting knocked off track of what your vision is. Like, and it's like, I can do better showing them what I'm doing through my, through my art. And, and so, you know, again, I, yes, I mean, I can absolutely see that. I mean, a hundred percent.
1: It's kind of tough to me a little, cause I'm seeing so much, uh, going on as far as, uh, Grants and, and funding now, uh, and I'm not in the proper position to receive everything. But I'm in still a good position to to set up those alley oops or to pinpoint different people within this city structure, uh, even from here to Texas because of different nonprofit things or. Because of the athletic background, I have uh partnerships or networks everywhere um, Germany perhaps there's um friendships there's things like people have seen me and what I represent and what I do and how I do it to a level where it's it's, it's trust you know it's uh, you you wouldn't be Connected to something that's not representing how you yourself would feel within that situation. Um, to give you another example, Whew, uh, I've been dealing with what you you know, of course, and anybody that wanna check out uh, the website or nonprofit and so forth, I've personally been dealing with um, mental health and mental health issues. And I fell into that pool before it became a popular subject yep. or a popular thing for people to talk about or to um, make it look like you know, they care. It's, it's, it's a cycle that I've noticed, almost like a pattern. And I've been able to learn patterns uniquely through football and art. Like within art, I paint in layers. Mm-hmm. And within football, you you got to read players. You got to read different signs, um, breathing, uh, how much pressure is on a hand, uh, different downs. Um, just looking at film and seeing how a quarterback might lean or rock, whatever have you. It's always different patterns and different things you can kind of read off of. And I'm trying to see how I can. Put this too, so you can understand. I'm trying to, comp- yeah, yeah, so much and tell you so much within this this short window of time.
0: Not hey, man, like there's no there's no time limit on this. Like then and, and again, like feel just say say what you feel.
1: Mental health. Uh, I didn't ask for it. It wasn't me. I wasn't planning on having that be a focus on my purpose and position in life. But I've also noticed that, like athleticism and af- being an athlete, it, it intertwines within a lot of things, especially athletics, um, especially within the structures of uh, upbringings athletes have before they become athletes or professional athletes, that that never goes anywhere. Minds turned into anger and anger turned into energy and me taking that out on other players. So in the realm of football, that worked out perfect. After you're no longer a football player, you're still that person that has to deal with that, that anger or that, that level of energy um, and try to figure out how to have that under lock or or, or being used in a productive way. A lot of players getting a lot of stuff, man. And and people don't connect like a 100,000 something people cheering for you or or, or being a part of your life to just being you and your voice and your head on those days or whatever, it's not, it's not teammates around like that anymore. Or even if it is, you gotta respect the fact that a lot of us are, are parents now or are working businesses or just working in general. Uh, or some of us are still in the leaves so store that combustion of, of, of duties and things that you have to do. Um, Getting back to the Blue Art Foundation.
0: Well, let me, I mean, I want to ask you one thing, like in regards to what you were just saying, that like you've had a, you've had a, a difficult life. I mean, whether it's your upbringing, like you said, like you've dealt with, with two brain surgeries, you're dealing with cancer now. Um, and again, like I think you're a very ins- inspiring person. Um, because you, I think you put out positivity for lack of a better way to say it. And, and, but that can also wear on you. Like, you know, and I think that it's, for me, like, it's okay to like, just say, like I, I, you know, we all deal with mental health issues, but to what, to what extent I think everybody has different things. And it's like, I don't know, like I, uh. You said something in that, and I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around now, like with all these things, but you said something in that. That's right. It's okay. (laughs) But you said something in that that I think is always a hard thing for athletes is when, when that athletic time is over. And it's not necessarily about the games or the practice, it's the camaraderie. And then you're left by yourself. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering like, for me, like, to ask you, there's, like, one of the things that I, when I quit playing, you know, baseball was my my sport. And when I ended, I had, like, some creative thing that was very beneficial to me because I was, I was used to kind of that alone time in my studio space. Is that something that you found that your art background was, like, helpful in that sense? Does that make sense? Um, as a, I, that was kind of all over the place, but... I wouldn't, it's,
1: it's almost as different as football is to baseball. Yep. It's, it's a sense within it, but. It's a lot of growth to be able to, to be in a a position to be able to balance those two. Uh, you take something as simple as, it's not simple, but something like CTE. Yep. That makes it a whole different range of things versus art where you don't have, you You got to deal with yourself. You got to deal with, with ego. It's a lot of growth towards things that, that connect to life and the structure of life versus uh, something as simple as There would be no athletics or especially football or professional football if it weren't for painkillers. You're not popping painkillers to complete a painting. Nope. But you must have a a diet or regimen of painkillers to survive athletics. Yep. And that can become addictive within itself.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: That's another thing you take away being able to have a regiment of pain and a regiment to relieve the pain to after that's gone, you still are left with lifetime injuries or things that still spark up and consistently change the vibration of, of, of where you are mentally. So it's, it's, now I'm saying, and I want to do as much as I can, I have some series like that I want to connect with what's going on right now uh, that's dealing with more mental health and structure of football and football plays. And it's, it's something where, within a series, you, you can see one way as a a normal person Another way as a, a fan of football or athletics. Uh, another way as um, a fan or someone who is connected to abstract. Uh, but it's...
0: Is, this, um, is um, this the one of the athletic series on your site?
1: It's under athletics, but it's, it's the Block Me series. Okay. Which is structured within the Emmy that's on each one. That's yep. consistent within each one represents you. Yep. And the the circles and the one square, of course, is is the traditional way of coaches breaking down an O line structure. And the whole O line, everybody that's on the field is basically running to block you. And it's on you to get to the backfield or whatever structure that is. It might be. For example, the backfield might be freedom. The backfield might be um, the UN. The backfield might be USA. The backfield, whatever it is, this, this trying to hold you back or stop you, is it's, it's abstractly done. It's, it's not one particular thing. It might just be your mindset mind state, and I have structured different shapes and sizes and different words of motivation or things that you can push through and and get to where you want to get to. Um, Within that, I will bring attention to CTE, uh, mental health, and just overall just letting uh, players, past players, Future players know like you're not in it alone. It's the it's, it's understanding to what it takes to, to be this and do this. And athletes don't get that. And so, they're reti- if they make it to retirement, and then later on, there's something possibly done on ESPN about them, and then you can see that, like, oh, they suffer from this, that, and that, or they dealt with this, that, and that, while he said baseball while becoming the RBI, RB, while becoming um, whatever they was MVP wise, structure wise to, to celebrate that person. Uh, I'm more into the, to the background layers of who that person is yep. and what made them who they were growing up to be that athlete. It's just always people there. It's like a, like a Miss Henderson, like uh, my parents. Uh, uh, my coach, Coach O from from Eleanor Roosevelt, that out of all the coaches, it'll be that one coach that uh I see positivity and you'll see that you can be this or you can do that. And you listen more to that one versus the other coaches that's more negative and don't care so much about players outside of, you know, if you win in or losing. Uh, that also drew me to become a high school coach for, for a short period of time. I couldn't stay within that because it, because of my mental health, um, situation. I was in a position where I was having seizures on the sideline and I didn't want that to pull away from the the game or the, the attention to the game for the players or for the coaches. So I helped the structure of that high school football team um, and the mentality of the high school football team. I always thought that if I had coached football, it would be in an urban environment, and I would have kids that grew up a lot like I did, and, you know, it would be easier to tell them, like, oh, you basically don't sell drugs, just meet me here and we're going to run. Yep. Uh, I ended up coaching at St. Paul um, High School, which is a private high school. And I dealt with a lot of kids that I would never call friends or grew up with. You know, it was it was basically the the rich side of things. And a lot of the the, the players that I had under my belt were privileged. So to excite a privileged kid or, or motivate them to be aggressive, that's a whole different job than somebody that already has aggression in him. And you just like pinpointing how to get it out of you. I'll give you an example. One of my um, players, I had to threaten to break his, his favorite fishing rods. <laughs> To get him to get his first sack, <laughs> but after you get that experience of a first sack, you want that you want that feeling again. Yep. you know, like his father was extremely elated and happy that his son, his son got a sack. He like he wants his father to feel that way again. Yep. And who knew? Actually, I I, um, I investigated the, the kid. I talked to him, one of the other players. Like, oh, what, what's something that's that's really close to him. What did he really like to do? I was like, oh, fishing? And I asked my, like, oh, what kind of fishing rods? And, and, and you know, I led him to, I'm going to find your fishing rods and break <laughs> them. If you keep playing like that. And, you know, they, they took me serious. So uh, next year, that following year, they won the um, state championship. And one of my, um, one of the players that I would mentor strongly won the, uh, won the game on a Hail Mary, Uh, it was that type of season for them, but they won the uh, championship. I say all I have to say, those young men separated, went on, one is in Tokyo, Uh, another one is in uh, Italy. Uh, A couple of them are just spread around America at different colleges and and just going to school, like getting their education. But like I said, it was just strange to, to motivate everyone needs some form of motivation or some way of taking the different things that's going on in life and, and using it to their advantage versus, and you just mentioned it too, about my positive outlook. That's all I got. If I lose that, I lose me. Yep. And if I do that, you know, I got nephews, I got, I got little kids I got students uh it's it's bigger than me it's so much bigger than me that I can never get caught up in me and my personal struggles I can just mold them or layer them towards the greatest success of everything success of everything
0: have you ever thought I mean in lines of coaching have you ever thought of I mean you do some teaching um is that something that like, would you ever think about a going back to coaching or and b like becoming like more in in ingrained within the educational system? because again, the things that you're saying right now are things that I actually do as a teacher. you kind of touched on something that I absolutely one one hundred percent agree with, and actually I call myself an art coach because I think the difference for me between coaches and teachers, coaches typically, and again, this isn't always true, but coaches typically deal more with an individual. Teachers seem to deal with classes. And I actually try to teach students one-on-one because A, I think it's, 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 it's harder and it takes longer, but I think it's more important because we're all different, you know? And, and to deal with a, with a student one-on-one, like, you need to. Thanks, you know?
1: Man, I'll tell you how real it is. Um, what I'm dealing with, mental health-wise, I have no balance. I literally just fell. Okay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm back at it.
0: Okay. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, again, for me, just hearing you talk, it's exactly who I thought you were like in in terms of what i've all the research that I've done in terms of I think all the positive things that I think you do, and i I just want I want more people I, I always you know this sounds corny as shit, but it's like I think if there was more people in the world like you it would be a better world because like I just think you're putting out such a positive energy and a positive actions. I, and I guess that's the best way to say it. Like the stuff that you're doing for kids that need, need positive influences and need that positive outlook and, and, and unfortunately don't have it like, in a, you know, uh, I just think it's like what you're doing is important. And I, I want you to know that, that I, I think that there's people that know what you do is important And, and I see it and I see like, um, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I think having somebody like you in the world is, is just, I, you know, again, I just think it's important because we need, we need that kind of stuff because there's so much negativity, uh, out there right now. And, and, you know, you, you said something earlier about, like your experience of being in, in art classes when you like felt different. And and I, I always used It
1: wasn't just a feeling. It was completely what it was. <laughs>
0: right. I no. was
1: bigger than everybody. Yeah. I was I was blacker than everybody. Yeah. Like it, I was at a school where some people I was in school with, I was the first black guy they ever got to know in life.
0: Yep.
1: Or the first time he was able to actually have a class with somebody of a different culture. Yep. And little did they know I was learning from them while they was learning from me. Yep. So, I mean, not to cut you off, I appreciate what you're saying to me. That's, that's a verbal grant, like that, that pays me in dividends to continue on what I'm doing. And, and I don't always know what I'm doing and how it affects other people. So it's this little, these little times or these little moments when you hear it straight up from people that's willing to express what it is or what it's done for them. Um, It's, it's, it's expanded, man. And it's a blessing. Uh, What I think, I mean, again, uh,
0: not to interrupt you, but I think, I think it's infectious what you're doing, because again, we were introduced or I at least found out about you from one of your teammates, Brennan Schmidt, who I mentioned earlier. I didn't even
1: think that he knew that much about, that side
0: of my life, I, I met him in
1: um during
0: in, in Germany, NFL right? Europe, Europe, yep. yeah,
1: Europe, Europa.
0: Yeah, and and he 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 reached out to me after he listened to a podcast that I did with another former teammate of him, his Will Barker, and he said, "You need to, you know, get get a hold of Matthew because his story is." you know, fascinating and, and, and what he's done and what he's doing. And, you know, like, again, like finding, researching you and just like, well, holy shit, you know, Matthew is like right, right in the world that we are, are this, this space we're trying to build and, 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 and showing the, the benefit of these things that we're doing. And, and, and so, yeah, like I, I, I just think you've obviously affected people, um, and 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 i again like you said like you didn't even know you affected him and and that that's that's pretty deep you know
1: yeah oh, i just remember i got to link up with him we got to hit amsterdam back up i never got a chance to see uh, uh who has a gallery there i was supposed to go with brandon there to uh Forgot the guy's name like, that cut his ear.
0: Oh, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah. Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, we didn't have enough time when he was there in Europe uh, playing football to, to to make it there, but we had made a promise then to make it back to the Van Gogh Museum.
0: See, now you got to get, now you're back in touch with him. You got to.
1: <laughs> I just came back from Europe. I was in Europe for uh, all last year. Okay. So I, I just got to get back out there.
0: Yeah. Now I, 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 I do. I I just I think, and I'm I'm looking forward to you and I having a continued conversation because, and I do I want to bring you in my class in the fall, whether it's in person or or Zoom, um, because you speak the language that I'm trying to instill. In my students and the student athletes is, you know, about having that, that balance of a creative practice and a physical practice and talking about all these things that I think giving back, like just these important things that, you know, like when, when when I was a dumbass student athlete at Ohio state, like I didn't listen to any of this shit, but like to have, to have somebody like you, you know, like I'm a teacher, like the, the students don't listen to the teacher, but like when you bring somebody else in, it's like, they sure as shit are going to listen to that. And, and again, yeah, like, I would have as a student. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I never saw a structured, uh,
1: anybody far as art. That, that would have boosted me. Right. As a, a creative. I felt like I was, just like doing what I was supposed to do uh, and really just trying to stay out of trouble I, I say that but because that's so abstract in itself trouble can be just giving the wrong uh, get into good trouble too much attention you know? yeah uh, and um, so I literally just fell yeah uh, <laughs>
0: you right. i mean we could like
1: i'm okay. no i'm okay okay.
0: That, okay that's i'm in a
1: bad position as for as physical and yeah. where i'm at health wise but something as simple as my athletic background my body is, is built to take a beating Yep,
0: yeah.
1: i can hit the ground and take it better than a, a regular person would but I'm starting to hit the ground too many times where it's bruising. Yeah. Um, but is this, me going is this, what I'm going
0: is this part of part of the the chemo that you're going? I don't know if you really want to even talk about I'm, I don't I don't
1: it's it's bigger than me. So it might okay. be somebody that's just listening to this or see this and they they're dealing with it similar. Like um well, has I... similar uh uh, uh backgrounds or connections to
0: it i i we we work with a with a um a brain doctor a tbi doctor and i can always hook you up with him if you want to talk to him he'd be 100 percent willing to talk about you know see if it's if it's anything connected to that like to any of your surgeries or anything
1: i would be down for that and i'm also (laughs) keeping um more of a uh I'm documenting majority of everything i've I've been through and I go through to put together uh, ultimately put together a documentary so to even be able to network with the doctor. That would be great. because uh, everything Do you need that- a documentary
0: film guy, too, because we have a documentary film guy we work with, you know like the stuff I'll send you later. Like if we want to talk about about filming and stuff too, Like I can hook you the lot. Like, again, that's, that's the thing again, just from, again, from talking to you a couple of times before we did this and from researching you, there's so much overlap of what we talk about, what you talk about, what I think you're trying to put out in the world, what we're trying to put out on the world. Uh, I just think we can collaborate on lots of different things in, 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 in very positive ways. Um, on top of like again, like I can get you in touch with the doctor we work with, um, and he can put you definitely in in right directions. I think, you know.
1: I think we can um, build on everything you just mentioned. Yep. And I'm very interested in the, the kids. Yep. What what ages do you uh, do you cater to?
0: Everything. I mean, I, I teach in college, but, um, my business partner is actually is a toy designer and, um, he's started two toy companies. He sold both of them, but he still works for the second one. And we're going to launch product through that. But they, the kids, the toys that they work with, I think are from like age six to 12 or something like that. But we're, our ideas are from, you know, the whole gamut, like from elementary school to high school to college Um, so it's there's no there's no age group as far as i'm concerned in what we do okay um but dude like i I just again just really glad that we got to do this really glad you know that brennan put us in contact um I just look forward to doing some stuff in the future together. And, um, like I said, I'll, I'll send you all that info that I got. So you can see some of these other projects that we're doing under the abstract athlete, just so you can see. And I'll, I'll, um, I'll talk to, uh, his name is Dr. David Cifu, C-I-F-U. And I'll talk to him and, um, the Cifu. Yep. Um, I'll put you in contact with him. um, And and all that stuff, but uh, one one last question: What kind of music you listen to? Because I always put new music (laughs) to each episode. So uh,
1: I'm as abstract with music as I am my style of (laughs) painting. Nice. I don't stick to one. That's that's how I divide into series. Is just different styles of painting. Yep. Uh, So. That's tough to to mention. I, <laughs> oh, what kind of music I listen to. Everything. <laughs> Good. Okay. Literally, that makes everything. it easy. Just, just yesterday, I was on some. I was on a rock vibe. Nice, nice. Uh, the day before that, I was on old um, old school hip hop. Just who listening to how beats beats changed. Um, who was it? <sighs> I'm not good with names, though. Okay.
0: <laughs> Neither am I. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's an old school. There's an old school DC. I think he's a DC guy. DC DC hip hop guy. That it's probably before your time. Called Basshead, which is like one of my first album that he put out. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. and I'll send you send you a tune. It's like it's pretty back, pretty laid back hip hop. But uh, like one of my favorite albums. Back in the day, Basehead was his name. And I believe he was a DC guy. When I was living, in, definitely in send me a uh, when
1: you send me a package of other things. Add that a link to him. Okay,
0: nice. And
1: uh, I will let to check it out. Yeah, uh, the old scrolls I was listening to the other day was uh, early, uh, um, early outcast and um, yes. Yes. and uh, the was it the Dungeon Family?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. outcast Outkast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What they used to do as a unit back then.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: uh, That ain't never been repeated.
0: Nope. Absolutely not.
1: Like the Southern Wu-Tang.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're going to start whipping out the Wu-Tangs. Well, dude, I, I, again, like I'm, I'm really uh, just really glad we hooked up. And uh, like I said, I just, I look forward to doing some stuff in the future Um, one being like, I'd love to have you, you know, pop into my class, um, maybe in the fall, um, and, and, and just, you know, like basically say what we said today. And, and I think that that's the kind of stuff that's inspiring. And, and, you know, like, I know I keep going back to that with you, but, um, but I do, I think what, what you've done. Um, in the community and what you're doing um, with your, with your foundation, just in general, I think is, is it's influential and, and that kind of stuff. Like, again, like, it's just important, you know, like we shouldn't have to do it. Like that's the sad (laughs) part. But, um, but the fact that that you are, I think is, is like really important. I also wanted to ask you, did you play at the same time as Michael Robinson?
1: Yeah, that was okay at that time that was actually like my roommate really? brother yeah he's down I mean, I've,
0: I've met him, i i wouldn't say we're friends but i we've we've done something with his um to excellence thing down that's here. good
1: that they still got that going
0: yep and we it's talk good. every once in a while um
1: super good dude
0: super good dude. yeah
1: so um i i'll tell you a quick one yeah i knew mike was you know, all, everything American and all that coming out of high school. Uh, what was it, Verona?
0: Yep, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <and>
1: exactly. <he, laughs>
0: I love that you know that, It's great. Yeah, you don't know too many people's
1: high school, but <laughs> Mike Robb and Verona go together like ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you, this quick story. Yep. I went down to uh, Richmond. And it wasn't too far, it was like a county or something over from where Verona is. Yep. And I'm actually down there for a godf- my godfather's funeral. People at the funeral found out that I went to Penn State. Totally forgot that this is my godfather. The main conversation they wanted to have was, so you go to school, not at Penn State, but with Michael Robinson. Yeah. So it's like, yo, so you know Michael Robinson? <laughs>
0: I'm like what? <laughs> yes, I know Michael Robinson, but that's but not important right now. Not the time to be talking about this. Jeez.
1: But the whole it spread like somebody heard the name Michael Robinson, and then the next person would come over and join the conversation. Like you know, we talking on a Sunday about football game. Yep. Like we we actually had a funeral and. Yeah, Michael Robinson is doing And that's just when Mike started, like, starting and doing his thing. Yep. But, yeah, he's he's a good guy, man. He does great work within his community and for the kids.
0: Yep, he does. He's, and it's been
1: consistent. I I forgot about the Excel to uh, – what is it, Excel to,
0: to Excel excellence. to Excellence, yeah. Yep. Yep, it's good very, stuff.
1: Very proud of him.
0: Yep. Well, dude – Thank you. Um, like I said, this will be out um in a couple weeks. I'll send you um some like images and uh and videos for some promotional stuff to feel free to, you know, put on social media and stuff. And um and I'll send you right when we get off here, I'll send you um a couple of those those video clips of the documentaries we're doing and um and like I said, I'll 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 hook you up with Dr. Sifu and um see so you guys can chat so okay but thank you man like really really um appreciate it um and and thank you for what you're doing uh you know like it probably doesn't get said enough um but i think it's it, it's important and i think it's great
1: i appreciate that and thank you for being so candid candid
0: yep. all right well um yeah, we'll catch up soon. Like we, we got each other's numbers. We'll stay in touch, and um, we'll just keep flying forward.
1: I appreciate your time and what you do as well. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good Sunday. You as well. Bye.
0: So very much appreciate Matthew's time, his story his art, his humility. Matthew is truly an inspiration. He's a leader. someone I think we should all strive to be. Uh, he's a fighter, just an incredible artist, but more importantly, he's just a beautiful human. Uh, again, please go check out Matthew's website, Mateoblue.com. That's M-A-T-E-O-B-L-U.com, com and follow him on Instagram at Mateo underscore Blue. Again, thank you to my buddy Maurice and a, his band Photosynthesizer pro- f- providing music for today's episode. A reminder to go check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network the abstract doctors podcast and one man's ethos the tony mandridge podcast thank you for listening to the abstract athlete podcast stop by our website the and follow us on all of our social media outlets for future events and news thanks again we will see you next week and as always do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind stay well out there